Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today I'll be speaking with Armando Armando Aguilar, the prudent money man. Retirement planning, life insurance, sleep at night counselor. I definitely have to ask him about that one. With over 30 years in the financial services industry as a life insurance agent, stockbroker, financial consultant, and retirement advisor, I'm interested in speaking to Armando about his company, his desire to be solo, and some money tips for those inevitable lean times. Let's bring him in right now. Hi, Armando. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Good afternoon, Neil. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, I've I've been meaning to, uh, to to speak with you like this, and I'm happy to, to be on your show. Well, I'm glad to have you here as well. First question, Armando. As a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? You know, Neil, when I was a young man, I, I had uh, braces around eight years or nine years old, some somewhere around there. And I my first uh, instinct was I asked my dad, I said, how much did this guy charge you? And he said something which was a lot of money. And I said, well, that's what I want to be. I want a dentist. <laughs> okay, so you've always been interested in money, it seems, even as a young kid. I, I was cu- always curious as to what money was and, and, and how money uh you know could could get you things and uh one of the things that my father taught me was uh never to be afraid to talk about money and to discuss it and to be aware of how it's made and what it's for and one of the first things he told me is you know you don't want to be a slave of money but uh you certainly want to be a master of it you know armando that's a really good point you made about talking about money when you're a kid I remember when I was a kid, we never spoke about money at all. In fact, I learned everything I know about money now as an adult from just doing my own research, reading books, looking at YouTube videos. It would have been so much easier if I learned a lot more about money when I was a kid. My learning curve certainly wouldn't have been as, as high as it is. That's one of the uh, that's one of the major reasons that we have such a a, a negative connotation sometimes about money. Uh, many different cultures, especially in Latin America, which is where I came from, uh, Mexico originally, you know, traditionally they don't talk about money. It's a, it's a it's lo- sort of like a bad word. You know, you sit on the kitchen table and if you ask your father 
or, or and or your mother, you know, how much you make today, it's almost like, you know, what, you know, mind your own business. And the, the, that shouldn't be that way. You, you obviously, you know, educate your children to respect that, but you also educate them to understand what is exactly that money is and how, how it's made and why we the money and how you distribute it, how you distribute it, how you give away a certain amount. And it's uh, it's a learning strategy. I, I do that with my children since they were young people, you know, very young, of uh, you know, four or five. We started with the little jars. We had three little jars, and I said, in this jar, you're gonna you're gonna save money for 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 later. You're not gonna touch this jar, and this this jar is gonna be money that you're gonna give away, and then this third jar is the money that you can spend any which way you want. And I would probably set them a percentage. I would say 50% of what you make will, or 60% of what you make is going to go into the savings. And let's say 25% is going to go into your uh, uh, spend. And, and let's say another 5 or 10 or 15 would go into the, the giveaway. And uh, whatever they made, we would separate it that way. And then I would allow them to make their own mistakes with the, with the jar that was theirs. And if they wanted to go and spend it on something that wasn't appropriate, I would still allow them. Because after they spent it, they would say, you know, Dad, I, I, I think I shouldn't have bought this. This wasn't the right thing to do. I said, well, you know, that's maybe you got to think about things before you buy them and, and maybe get that impulse out of the way first. It was very interesting, and that's a, something that I've done with my children. Man, that sounds perfect. I have an older sister, and she has a son, my nephew, and he's seven. And for the last few months, I've just been pestering her every time I speak to her to get my 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 nephew more knowledgeable about money. She was actually telling me a, a story about when he went to a, a bake sale at his school and she he had, I think, about $5 in his piggy bank and he took all the money from the piggy bank and spent all of it at the, at the bake sale. And she was so <laughs> upset about it afterwards. And I told her, well, if he knew about money, about saving, spending, and giving away, then maybe he wouldn't have made that decision. <laughs> he needs to learn yeah, about money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's why you teach them to 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 save a portion of it, to to, to give away a portion. And we, when I say give away, we actually every month I say, well, how much money do you have so we can give it to somebody the less fortunate than you? And and how are we going to do that? Maybe we can save it for the full year, and then sometime in, around Christmas or November somewhere, we'll give it away as food for someone, a family or something. Uh, you actually do that, but the, but the the really important portion is the one that they save to spend, the one that's theirs that they can spend. That one it's funny because they'll start spending on things that aren't smart, and believe me, it takes about two, three, or maybe four months of them spending it all, and then they go, you know what, I'm not going to spend it like this anymore, and they start saving it, and you start seeing these little things going, wow, you know, they're they're, they're getting it, they're they're, and what are you doing? Well, I'm I'm waiting to get so much money because I'm going to buy such and such thing, and it's going to take me such and such time, and I'm going to do some extra stuff so I can save some more, and then actually have more in my allowable allowance, and uh, it, they start making sense of it, and uh, lo and behold, uh, they become you know very better educated consumers and uh, and savers. Man, that sounds that sounds absolutely perfect, Armando. I think you need to speak to my sister. She hasn't listened to me. Maybe <laughs> she'll listen to you. I can, you know, I'm her younger brother. What do I know? But uh, maybe you know, she listens to someone like you. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so well, that's, th- th- those are those are the lessons that I that I try to 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 give my 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 clients, my prospects. I I also just so you know, I'm I'm a member of the uh, Junior Achievement Team here in San Diego. 
and we go out and talk to young students in high school, uh, sometimes even in grade school, and we talk to them about situations like this, like you know, money situations. Very interesting. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds perfect, man. I mean, so next question I, I have. So obviously you're you're a self-employed person now, but I'm guessing you weren't always one. What was the last nine to five job for an employer that you had? You know, I, I graduated in 1979 uh, from uh, University of San Diego with a political science degree, which uh, the idea was I was going to be an attorney. And uh, at that time, I I, uh, I didn't have you know money to go to law school, so I said, well, I'm going to get a job and then go to, go back to law school. And I got a job at Sears, uh, which uh, was a department store, and they brought me in as a as a management trainee in in 1980. And um, as soon as they hired me as a management trainee, they came out with some sort of – something came out that said they were not going to hire or promote any longer because they were going under some sort of a hiring freeze, which uh, <laughs> I was the lowest guy in the totem pole. I said, well, that doesn't, you know, doesn't make sense for me. I'm not going to be promoted for, to anything for a while. So I switched from, from Sears. I went over to work with Allstate Insurance, and Allstate Insurance at that time was owned by Sears. And uh, and again, they they hired me. I was uh, semi semi self employed because they gave me a a starter what they call it a a draw. So they gave me I think a thousand dollars a month, and uh, after the six months, then then I had to it would go against my commission, and it was sort of the start of something. And uh, I I spent uh, about seven years with with them, and then after that I went to work for a a brokerage house, a stock brokerage, Dean Dean Witter. And there I was at, in, on peer commission. So at that point, I, I transitioned over. And I, what I understood is that when, when, when you were on salary, you, know, you had a, an amount of money, but it would never be enough because you, you know, you're always spending close to or almost to, where, to your limit. So I said the only way that I'm going to be able to, to administer myself is, first of all, live be, below my means, which was very hard to do when you're 25 and you know, 24 single but i i had to do it you know live below your means so if i made 3 or 4 or 5000 dollars a month i still lived on 2000 or 2500 dollars a month or you know anything like that and that kind of philosophy positioned me to be able to make it on commission only because obviously the money that i made extra would always go to the piggy bank in this case to the bank and so forth uh, it's a it's a philosophy. It's a mentality. It's a it's a it's a state of mind, and it, it is difficult. But like anything else, if you do it for twenty five or thirty days, it becomes part of your habits. Right, right. You know, one issue I think that a lot of people who are contemplating going into business for themselves, or even people that have been in business for themselves for a while, is the fear of of starting your own business. So obviously, you've been in business for yourself for quite some time, even. Before that, you had commissions jobs. What did you? What strategies did you use to get past the fear, if you had any fear at all? Well, you know, I think fear is is inherent to the to the nature of being an entrepreneur, and and I think that's what you when you're saying self-employed or or being on your own, you're really talking about an entrepreneur, and and the word entrepreneur just kind of states it there. You know, you are a risk taker. And there are different degrees of entrepreneurs. You know, there, there are people that are fly-by-night entrepreneurs, and there are people that are very programmed, very, very uh, organized entrepreneurs. But nevertheless, you are, you're still an entrepreneur, which means that you're still having to pay the bills, you know, 
pay for the lights at the end of the month, pay for the water, pay for the for the rent, and uh, and then see if there's anything left over for you. Uh, and if you have employees, then you've got to pay you know the employee tax and the salaries, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is a a, a very uh, fearful or, or or position that that invokes fear. But I think as an entrepreneur, it's part of the excitement. It's part of understanding that you are the boss that you have to manage this ship and you're the captain and if you do it correctly you know you the, the benefits and the and all the, the the good stuff that comes along with winning will will be yours uh you read a lot of books every day you 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 listen to a lot of audios and you position yourself and try to not listen to the naysayers which tend to be by the way tend to be a lot of family members usually <laughs> You know, they, they, that's that's who usually says, no, nah, you, you can't do that. You know, and, and you just have to believe in yourself and understand what you're doing and, and really, you know, think about what you're doing. And, and like I said, you've got to train yourself, read, uh, talk to people that have done it before. And th- there's never going to be somebody who says, oh, yeah, this is great. This is going to be a big hit. Go ahead, do it. You're, you're fine. No, that's not true. You're going to get encouragement. You're going to get people to say, go do it, and, you know, and, and, and learn by it. But you definitely have to let go of the fear and delve right into it. And I think the best tip would be not to listen to your closest family or friends because sometimes they, you know, believe it or not, they have a little bit of envy that you're doing something that they can't do. You know, there's, there's something that's definitely to be said for that, Armando, especially if you're coming from a family in which most, of, if not all of the, the people in the family are employees. They really don't understand the, the life of, of, of an entrepreneur, and they just see it as just, you know, one big risk that's just not worth taking. <laughs> so, yeah, you're definitely right there. A lot of times, a lot of the, the naysayers that you have are the ones that are the closest to you, and I guess, you know, in, in that instance, you kind of have to just block them out and go for it anyway. So tell me, Armando, about your, your current business. What What exactly do you provide your clients? I have been uh, in the financial business uh, helping individual people and families and businesses for 35 years, Neil. One way or another, I'm always dealing with a person, uh, and uh, and that's what makes it really interesting for me. That's what makes it enlightening for me. When I can, when I can open someone's eyes and assist them in a problem that they have, be it a buy-sell agreement for a business owner be it a purchase option for a business owner, or be it a simple uh, managing their their bills for a young family that that you know is is working hard, is making money, but somehow <laughs> the debt just seems to be crawling in. Uh, I I usually can find the the holes in the ship. You know, we 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 sit down and if if uh, if they trust me, we can go through all their financials, and we find holes that can be fixed, uh, and. Uh, and you know, again, it, it doesn't take a lot of magic, but you, you see, you find you, people are doing, like you said, people are doing the things that they are trained in doing, and most people are not trained in managing finances, um, and, and and you know, so that's why you don't understand them, and you, and you tend not to talk about them. So then, all all that's happening is behind the back. You know, you're 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 you're, you're barely balancing the checkbook, you, and you and you figure out, well, well, geez, I'm making all this good money. Where is it going? Where is this all this money going? And those are the things that uh, that I can help people with. And like I said, it's either a business owner or even just a family that that is trying to to, to figure out how to get out of the 
everyday doldrums. Uh, they're making a good income, but somehow it doesn't reflect on their on their value of their estate, on their on their you know, their whole you know net worth. So that's how I I, I work, and it, to me it's a profoundly rich enhancing business because when I when I when I see the client after six months after a year understanding that they're it's becoming a reality that they're actually getting somewhere uh, to me that's the value of what I do and that and that's why by the way I do the free time with the children at the high schools and schools because to me that's where you pick them up in the beginning and that's where they become you know, at least maybe not masters of their destiny, but at least they become not afraid to deal with money. And money becomes an ally instead of a uh, wondering thing that's out there that some people have and you don't. You know, it becomes something that you can actually work with and you can talk with and master it. And like, like I said, the, the idea is never let money be your slave. Money, you become the master of money. And, and when you do that, uh, at that point, you you know you're you, you can be rich if you want to. It, it, it's not measured in money; it's measured in your feeling, how you feel as far as your your net worth and your debt and so forth. Yeah, absolutely, Armando. I, I was reading your bio and it said something about a sleep at night counselor. What exactly is that? <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, that I try to do, and I've learned that over the years, uh, when I was a stockbroker, we were called registered representatives or stockbrokers. Like we actually uh, dealt in stocks and bonds. Nowadays, there you know uh, people that do that are called financial advisors and so forth, and many other names. But uh, I would uh, basically I would get clients that would give me a lot of money. When I was doing that that business, they would give me a lot of money, and then they would want me to get results with it. So they they would say, "Here's you know a million dollars. Let's see if you can get a twenty or twenty five or thirty percent return on this money in a year." And uh, you know that that was the that was the pressure that I was under. And of course, results oriented. If at every six months we'd sit down and see if they were on par to get maybe a ten or a twelve or a fifteen or whatever they wanted to get. And I and the only people that I remember, I had a lot of people that you know that actually made money with me, uh, even though it was hectic and it was stress stressful and so forth on my part and probably the clients too. I just remember the clients that lost money because obviously I had people that that we couldn't make any money and they were going backwards. So after doing that for ten years uh, and going through uh, finally you know redoing my life and so forth, I actually. Uh, had a, 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 a big, it was one of those nightmare type years for me, 2003. Uh, I sold my book of business. I, I got a divorce, unfortunately, from my, my first wife. And um, I changed a lot of things in my life. And one of the things that I vowed to do is never, never again to deal in, in a business that I could hurt my clients. Never again to deal with something that's volatile or that moves negatively. So now as a financial advisor, I, don't, I do not deal in any product or any investment that has a potential to go negative. Uh, if, if it does, I, I don't handle it. Uh, so I don't handle stocks. I don't handle bonds. The only uh, things, strategies that I handle are usually safe and secure savings type strategies. Uh, they're usually in line with life insurance companies. And they're they're very secure. So your your money's never at risk. Uh, obviously, you're not going to make uh, anywhere near a a twenty percent or fifteen percent return because that's not what I do. 
But uh, you're going to learn how to save and how to compound money and how to make money over your money and uh, and become basically your own bank, become a, a self-employed or self-bankered uh, 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 person. And it, 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 it is a a going against the grain type of, of deal. This is something that not everybody does, and that's one of the reasons they say, well, how come – you know, Dave Ramsey doesn't say things about this. How come Susie Orman, you know, the financial gurus, how come they don't talk about this? Well, because they're paid by the mutual fund companies to talk what they talk. And obviously, mutual fund companies have a lot of money, and they want to make more money, and they advertise out there to put money into their system, and they'll take a percentage of it every every month. Um, so what I do is safe. It's sound. It's not sexy. It, it doesn't make you a lot of money, but you never lose any money. You're always making money and it's compounding and it works fantastically it always has over a hundred years. So, um, that's, and I think that's why when people say, well, you make get, you get a good sleep at night. That's because you don't have to worry. Your money's not doing something strange. It'll still be there the next day and, uh, you can sleep at night very comfortably. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Another issue that I think a lot of people contemplating self-employment or entrepreneurship come across is just how to get clients. So in your in your opinion, or just on what has worked for you, what have been your strategies in getting clients? You know, that's that's probably one of the uh, the most important questions that you have to figure out as an entrepreneur, and that is how am I going to get uh, either sales or if my sales are going to be people, how am I going to get people to, to see me, right? How am I going to get people to understand what I have? I, I have the best... Uh, uh, computer, I have the best calculator, or I have the best service. How am I going to get people to see that? So the number one uh, form of, of sales for any business and any service is going to be referrals, obviously. So the, the, the more people know you and you know your, your product or your service and see the benefit of it, the more they're going to refer refer you, and you want to also provoke that, right? You want to promote promote that to them, and say, you know, I I work on referrals. If you if it's a product that you're selling, you know, if you if you bring me somebody or they say they came from you, you know, I'll I'll give you whatever. I'll give you an extra this, an extra that, etc. Uh, you're always wanting to promote referrals because referrals are the the number one source of money of of income. It also, by the way, is your number one source of bad uh, information. So uh, just remember that people uh, that get, you know, uh, somehow get they, they get they get something negative out, out of your system or out of your company or out of your product, they're going to start talking the other way. They're going to start talking negatively about you, and it can also hurt your business. So you always have to have good service, have a good product, have a good uh, uh, um, talk about what you do, and that's how you're going to get 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 service i mean get uh business the other ways probably would be uh networking you know ne- joining different groups uh obviously advertising uh, depends on what you're selling if it's a product or if it's a service you have to find out what type of of advertising will work and what areas and what uh groups what niches uh nowadays with social media you can also try social media advertising facebook uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, even though Twitter is not designed for that, that a lot of people are doing Twitter advertisings. And, uh, and just to keep your, your brand in front, it really depends on what you are selling. Uh, some things are easier because some things are a product, and maybe you're, you're selling the most ultimate new product to 
to uh, you know to date women, whatever you know. It's hundred percent guaranteed. If you read this book, you're going to be able to date any woman you want. And uh, <laughs> you know, if if you advertise correctly and advertise well, uh, people will go out there and buy it. And, and uh, if they buy it uh, and and uh, it, it semi works or at least makes sense, maybe it's a it's a, a way to 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 get people to uh, to to get there. So, yeah, it, uh, there there are several ways, but re- referrals will definitely be the the number one source to get business. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, from all the people that I've spoken to on this podcast, whenever I, if I ask that question, I think the first the first instinct is to say referrals, you know, word of mouth, and, you know, everything kind of flows from there. You know, since you're a money person, you can appreciate the fact that, that cash is king, especially to, to businesses that are just starting out. So if you are if you know, if you are for a business that is just starting out, starting their own business, what do you think is a priority to spend money on, on, on something that you could perhaps skimp on when it comes to, to money? Uh, well, again, depends on what you're selling, but uh, you, you, you have to find out if you, if you actually need a storefront location or if you actually need an office. You may not need a storefront. You may not need a physical office. You may just need a phone line, uh, a computer. Uh, internet and uh, and maybe uh, spend a little money on your website. Uh, figure out you know which website uh, is better and 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 will cost you less per month to service. You have, have to make a little bit of a of a research on that and and find out if you find good websites and good good per month uh, fees on that. And then you know you could you could sell off the website. That could be your that could be your storefront. That could be your building. And obviously the costs are way under. Uh, so in the beginning, you have to you have to make choices as to you know where you're going to work from, how what what are you going to be your biggest expenses, and if you can cut out rent, if you can cut out employees, uh, those are probably your biggest uh, number one, number two expenses as a business owner. Uh, then the other things will you know should be in line and should you should be able to survive until you can actually get get going. So it just depends on the business, but but uh, usually if you can get away from not paying rent. And not paying, uh, uh, you know, wages uh, for the first year or so, then uh, you, you'll be able to grow uh, a little bit and get some money under your belt. Yes, yes, definitely. And you mentioned earlier that at least for for children that are getting an allowance, sixty percent should go to savings, fifteen to to give away, and twenty five to spend. Is the, are those percentages the same for uh, for an entrepreneur, or would those numbers change? They would they would obviously change and usually usually the the giveaway is ten percent and the and the spending is anywhere between twenty five percent all the way down to ten percent. So if you do a a ten percent spending ten percent uh, giveaway, then eighty percent will be your saving. Just depends on you. How much do you need to be able to spend? If you can if you can make your your uh, if you can if you can make your net per se your monthly expenses and net off of twenty or off of ten percent of your income. Then and that's all you need. Then that's all you should spend, and maybe a little bit of that is just saved every month, so you can buy the necessities. If if you need a little bit more, then you have to, you know, save a little bit less. But I don't think you should save less than fifty percent. Fifty percent should be the minimum that is put away, and 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 not not put away as an emergency fund, uh, like they say. You know, I I just put it away and and forget about it. It's gone. And then you 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 work and and you spend the amount that you have on the other side, and then once you run out, that's it. You ran out. You have to wait until the next month. You can't go 
back to that saving and take money out of that. Otherwise, it's not working. So you have to limit yourself and actually be very strict with you with yourself. And once you do it, like I said, after 30 days, you get the hang of it, and uh, and it's automatic. Some people, instead of putting that money in the bank, they actually take whatever percentage of savings they're going to do, take it physically and put it into a, a can or a jar, and then put that jar away. And that way, they can't, they they won't see it. You know, just they they see their their bank account. That's all they have, and that's all they can work with. And the next month comes up, they take out the percentage they have and put it into a jar again. Uh, whatever works for you, be it a jar, be it a can, be it a several uh, checking accounts or savings accounts, whatever works for you to be able to divide it up and not touch it is, is going to be the, the, the idea. Believe it or not, there are businesses, major corporations that work that way, obviously not with cans and jars, but they have accounts and their their different business accounts are set up that way so they can – you know, pay their property tax and then pay their business tax and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you have to plan. If you don't plan, uh, what's the old saying? Uh, you know, somebody didn't didn't plan to fail. They they failed to plan, and that's the old action. You know, you didn't plan to fail. You just failed to plan. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what, Armando, this has been quite an education. I'm sure the listeners and and future listeners have learned quite a bit from what you've had to say. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real uh, thrill, and uh, if you ever need me again, uh, I'd be happy to uh, to come on again. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you all for tuning in to Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links on, from my website to those social media channels in addition to a link to this podcast. Until next time, please take care.